0: ECU Pirate Podcast, introducing your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome, Pirate Nation, to the ECU Pirate Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Walker. Join me as always, my buddy John Tart. Arr Shiver Me Tinder, Scott. <laughs> shiver me Timber. <laughs> Did you say tender? I think I said Tinder.
1: <laughs> <I>, oh. <laughs> I I, I hope
0: I hope Jess isn't listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) He's not on the Tinder app
0: for anything. No,
1: (laughs) no, no. no. I meant Tinder as in, you know,
0: Tinder Cash Money. Tinder
1: (laughs) Tinder that way. Definitely not the app.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, what's up, guys? Hope everybody's doing great. I hope y'all stayed safe during the hurricane. Um, Been a, a, a interesting week for everybody out here in Eastern North Carolina, to say the least. But um. Guys, make sure, please, that you go and like us on Facebook. That's uh, ECU Pirate Podcast. Instagram's ECU Pirate Podcast. Twitter is uh, Pirate Podcast. So make sure you go out and uh, check us out. And I don't know, maybe John will give us updates on his Tinder profile. That doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, So we're updated now.
1: Yeah, it's uh, also (laughs) Talk Like a Pirate Day. So we might throw in some random stuff on you from time to time. So be prepared. Just to let you know, but yeah, shout outs to everybody in Pirate Land. Hopefully, everybody made it through the storm. If you wrote it out in Wilmington or Topsler or somewhere, hey, more more power to you because Ooh. I would have never done such a thing. Oh
0: um, man, especially Atlantic Beach. Yeah, that's they, they got this place is messed up pretty
1: bad. Yeah. So if you have got you know five dollars to spare, or something just donate it, help out the cause, or help out somebody donating materials and all that stuff. Uh, there's plenty of stuff in ECU in Greenville that. They need help, too. I mean, a lot of places got flooded, so check out your local man, your neighbor, and try and help them out.
0: That's right. And be on the lookout. I know there's a lot of different kind of uh, concerts and benefits going around, people trying to... People helping people. People helping people. It's a beautiful thing. Mateys helping mateys. Mateys helping (laughs) mateys. ECU let out a class the 12th, so last Wednesday, in preparation for this, and our football team went ahead down to Orlando. Yeah. It's kind of messed us
1: up a little bit, too, as far as the podcast. But rightfully so, because um, we haven't been able to interview anybody. Yeah. So the first week we haven't been able to interview. They moved out uh, on Wednesday, okay. went down to Orlando, and they've been there since then, and this is, you know, a week later.
0: So we're, we're well rested, to say the least.
1: We are. But we're going to have some interesting stuff that we can throw in. I think it's good that they went down there ahead of time, a week ahead of time. Gives them plenty of time to prepare, get their mind off of everything with the hurricane and Greenville and... They're at the ECU or not the ECU, they're at the ESPN Worldwide of Sports, Worldwide Sports Complex. Something like that. Espen. ES we'll just say the ESPN complex. Yeah. And supposedly they're having a good time because all they've been able to do is focus on football. They still got study hall going on according to Scotty Moe, of course. He's of, gonna say that. Of course. Yes. Yeah. We, I believe him too. I, I be, believe be, him, yeah. Uh, academics Student. a big part. Students yeah. first, athletes second. That's, That's what right. student athlete.
0: That's right.
1: Uh but they seem to have a decent time. They said they've been watching a lot of film, not just on their game, but on other games too, trying to prepare throughout the year and seeing what other teams and other schools are doing that uh, they might can add to the team. So the week-long process has helped them out. I think it's made them focus a lot more. I know Reed Herring said in an interview that we didn't do with them that we didn't do with them, unfortunately, because obviously we didn't have the chance he said uh quote i think we missed a little bit last week but we're very focused and very prepared to play this weekend so they've been uh studying up working hard and doing everything without distraction down in beautiful orlando florida
0: that's right i'm uh you know i'm thinking we're well rested i'm I'm treating it like a bye week but uh i'm liking us this week but hey we'll, we'll save that for the second half there but uh what about the, the game last week against Virginia Tech? I, I hear there's rumors of us uh, possibly making up a game. Yeah, so they canceled the game against Virginia
1: Tech, obviously, but they want that 12th game not only for revenue but also just for the team in general because you never know. You might need it to get bowl eligible or whatever. Right. That's right. So they've been talking about when to schedule it or who to schedule it with and things like that, and there's a lot of rumors being tossed around. A lot of people want them to play, you know, NC State or maybe uh, Charlotte or somebody like that that's local. Uh, a, lot of team, a lot of people want them to play Virginia Tech, want them to reschedule that because, you know, there was such black, bad blood that was <laughs> on Twitter between them. But I don't know who – we don't know who it's going to be against. Um, it's up to the athletic directors. They'll probably shop around and see. I think the time that they're looking to do it is during that um, championship game for the American, but there's a problem with that, obviously, you know, because – once ECU's in that American Championship uh, hey. game, then they can't make that well, that's, date. That's
0: so. our 12th game. We don't even have to look around for right, it Right, so that
1: would be the 12th game there, and I, I'm sure that would suffice for enough games.
0: Well, I don't know who's going to be our 12th game, but I know our third game is against USF, and uh, they're kind of on a roll. They've won three in a row. They beat Elon opening up 34-14. Then they went uh, beat Georgia Tech 49-38. Then they beat illinois 25 19 now you said illinois was a neutral site game yeah they played at a neutral site against the
1: illini uh south florida bulls not really sure where it was i didn't take time to
0: look into okay it. All right. well, I i thought it was a home game but we, who knows it's up in there but i know i can tell you elon and georgia tech were both home games so and we're going down there so they, they've had a home field advantage the first uh or three out of the four games anyway
1: might benefit ECU that they've been down there a week, week and a half before the game, though. It kind of feels like a home atmosphere right. to them because they've been able to play on that field or practice on that same field.
0: I think so. I think so. And, uh, you know, and they beat Elon line 34-14, which the main thing is you get a win against anybody. So that's the most important thing. But that's not type the type of score that kind of blows you out of the water and thinking this team's untouchable. Uh, Georgia Tech, 49-38. It's hard to tell how good Georgia Tech is right now. Um yeah, they've been on a four-game winning streak if you go back to uh to last year. To
1: last year. Uh, they're a fairly new team if most people don't know USF, the Bulls and everything like that. Uh but they are in the conference. They're second right now in the conference even though they haven't lost any games. I guess they're tied. Really.
0: Yeah, well, it, we'll we'll know more about conference in about a week or two once we start playing conference games and see how things pan out. But. Yeah, let's check into some uh, some of the players, though, for USF, if you're
1: not familiar with their team, which most of you probably aren't, so we're going to try and introduce them for you. Uh, apparently, they score, on average, 36 points a game this year, and they they give up 24 points to their opponents. So that's kind of been in line with how ECU's been throughout the year. Uh, they're allowing a decent amount of points. That's three touchdowns and a field goal uh, somewhere in that area. First downs, they've... Had a decent amount. Majority of them have come through the air passing for their first downs throughout
0: the entire uh, season. Yeah, that uh, the quarterback, uh, Blake, be- Barnett? Blake Barnett, man, he, uh, he seems to be lighting it up in the air and he seems to be spreading it around too. He's got a pretty good
1: attempt ratio in terms of yards. He's got about eight yards per attempt. That's almost a first down by itself every time he throws the ball. So, and up to seven touchdowns already as well through three games. He's doing pretty well. He had a
0: pretty good day against Illinois. I think you've got the stats for that. Yeah, he went uh, 23 for 40 with 411 yards. Impressive. Pretty good day. Uh, but he had two touchdowns, but he also had two picks. So Two picks. We know, we talked about. We know what picks can do to you. Nate
1: Elliott with UNC in the quarterback and how he had four picks before that game. We thought that was going to be a pretty big thing, too. So those two interceptions stand out to me as maybe he's not quite as good decision-making-wise as as you would think just off the numbers that you see. But uh, he's got, like I say, seven touchdowns on the year, and they've only given up one to their opponents through the entire year as hope- far as through the year.
0: Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and uh, that running back last week, who we got? Uh, jo- Jordan Cronkite, he had 22 carries for 136 yards and – one touchdown, which is a really big game, but how many, I don't think he's had that many yards through the season.
1: 182 on the season. That's, I mean, if you average it out, that's 87, but you're taking one game that he had a whole lot in. <laughs> Boy, and the that's rest, a
0: game to pad your stats on. Yeah, <laughs> just
1: not that many when it comes to it. And the second leading rusher on the team is their quarterback, so that tells you that there's not a whole lot there in terms of the passing game or the, the running game as well, or excuse me, the running game. But the passing game seems to be their, their focal point. But remember, Blackwell talked about defensive coordinator Blackwell that they wanted to make
0: teams one-dimensional. Friend of the program. Friend Blackwell. of the
1: program. Special shout-out. <laughs> also, uh,
0: uh, what's up, DJ Khaled? DJ
1: Khaled, uh, we know you're listening. <laughs> you don't have to tweet at us or anything nah, man, if you want to. Nah, that'd be cool. Yeah. But you ain't got to. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but it seemed to be a majority passing team. And Blackwell said that's what they want to do to teams. They want to make them one-dimensional. So, if they can shut down the run, I think ECU's secondary is pretty good. They, they might be able to handle it. Um, let's dive into more of the stats here in terms of uh, breaking it down. Do you want to do this week's breakdown? So, just looking at the uh, stats defensively for USF from the last game against Illinois, they had what looks to be 11 tackles for loss. Their second most on the year. They had five sacks total for that game. That's the most they've had against any team, even against Elon and Georgia Tech. It's kind of different against Georgia Tech. They run that weird option, you know, yeah. wing T, everything, wing W. Who knows what they run. <laughs> and then they have uh, they didn't have any interceptions against Illinois, none at all. So it looks like they're forcing people to pass it, but they can't really do anything when they yeah, pass.
0: Um, yeah, hey man, but uh, just looking at Khalid McGee, 14 tackles, five solo tackles. I mean, they they seem to kind of put a little bit of pressure on you. Like you said, five sacks, that's a pretty good number. Um, and what they forced, one fumble, I believe, and they recovered it, but not a lot of turnovers forced.
1: Yeah, so when you look at the defense for them, it's not that impressive. I mean, they, like we said, they're giving up 24 points per game. Decent amount of yards per game in the air, and they can't really run the ball on the ground.
0: So, yeah, you imagine there'll be a lot of passes. Um, and what he went 23 for 40, so it's going to stop the clock a lot. There's going to be a lot of incompletes. If you look at it from the Illinois side, the stats that they had,
1: their quarterback was 20 for 29, so he completed a lot of passes. He's pretty high in terms of his, his efficiency, didn't have any touchdowns, didn't have any interceptions, only 168 yards. The running back did have. Uh, 113 yards. Their secondary running back had 98 yards, 212 total yards. So they can be ran on and that might be something the ECU wants to focus on. Once again, the receivers didn't really have that much of a day. The top guy, five catches for 56 yards, only 168, like we said, passing yards total. So their offense doesn't seem like it is really a juggernaut in terms of Illinois, what they were going up against against South Florida. Now Is that a byproduct of South Florida's defense, or is it just speaking for Illinois' offense? What do you think it is?
0: I like to think it's a byproduct of Illinois' offense.
1: I think so, too. If you compare the stats, like we talked about with the defense, compared to the offensive stats, it's just not that much there to impress you from that game. Um, on either side of the ball whether it's offense or defense for south florida
0: but you got to give credit to us you know we're talking about south florida's defense let's talk about their offense real quick you got to talk about uh give credit to their receivers and the quarterback they had three receivers almost at a 100 yards so they had two one uh randall saint felix had a 120 yards Mitchell Wilcox had 109 and Darnell Salmon had uh, ninety-five yards. So he was right there with them. And then another guy had uh, seventy-seven yards, Tyree McCants. So the quarterback likes to spread it around and they are all capable of making some big plays. So our secondaries, you know, and against AT that was one of our weaknesses, was giving up that big play. We we're gonna have to fight hard not to do that. Their quarterback
1: seems to guy seems to be the guy they put all the responsibility on. He's got 68 completions on the year after 105 attempts and three interceptions. So he's averaging an interception a game, 65% completion percentage, 923 yards. Uh, they average about 300 yards a game as far as passing goes. So that's right on that same cusp. It kind of seems to be that same offensive style. Spread them out, pass it, worry about the run. Secondary, because on the year, um, they really don't have that many – running yards or rushing no, yards no, total. Um no. I think each game they average what seems to be 194, but that's been skewed because they've had that big game that yeah. like they just had.
0: He padded the stats.
1: Pad your stats on one game and <laughs> make you look good for
0: the rest of the year. That's it. That's so it.
1: from the individual side, you got to get focus on the quarterback. He seems to be the star player for the I, team.
0: I, I agree with that, and I think our big thing's going to be stopping that big play. We force them in third and long. we got to really make sure to hold them there and not give up that 16, 17-yard pass.
1: Guys like Nate Harvey, Bruce Bivens, some of those linebackers, should, defensive end should have a pretty big day against them being able to stuff that run down. And then uh, we've got guys like, you know, Colby Gore, who's back. He's back. He's good to go. Tim Irvin, he's back. Hey, Corey suspended. Sergeant. Corey Sergeant still there. So you've got all these pieces coming back for ECU that can stop some of these receivers. Like you said, um, they've got, what did you say his name was, St. Felix. He's probably the guy to be looking for. He's got the most yards on the team, the most catches on the team. Um, And then Darnell Solomon, three touchdowns on the year. So he's probably their touchdown threat or red zone threat, so to speak. So that's two guys you might want to look out for in terms of receiving to go along with their quarterback for USF. That was Blake Barnett. So that's the two that we think from USF we need to watch out for. But hopefully those guys in the secondary give them a day.
0: Phew, I'm getting kind of winded, man. How about you?
1: Yeah, that's a lot of work having to wade through all these waters and everything to get through the hurricane. <laughs> it's sitting
0: sit in traffic for two hours and it wears it down.
1: Terrible stuff. Let's let's take a break.
0: Oh yeah, I think we need a halftime here. Today's halftime is is sponsored to you by by UBE, UBE, where they have books. Books, Books, shirts, shirts, cups, cups, hats. hats. Counterproductive counterproductive to books, but shot glasses, glasses. beer mugs.
1: They very very much have have those. those. Uh,
0: Leave it up up to me to bring that up too, guys. Sorry about that. They sell it all.
1: Sorry about that, If you think Walmart is a place to go, no. No.
0: Walmart. Get, Walmart. Get, get, out get out of here. Don't go to Walmart.
1: Get out of here. Get a buy local, shop local. Shop local. UBE. UBE. It's downtown, it's downtown Greenville. Greenville. It's right it's in the, middle, in the, of the middle of everything. Go relive go some of your college days. days. Go see go some go see of the good, some old, good old, you know, places place you used place to hang, hang out. Go to UBE.
0: Listen, if you're going go 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 to go tailgating, you're like, what do I need? Go to UBE. Go
1: to UBE and say, hey, we want to tailgate. Set us up
0: with something. You'll be taken care of there. Tell them the ECU Pirate Podcast sent you there. You
1: might get some... Free swag, Free swag, just by mentioning us. You never know. You we don't know that for sure, but it doesn't we're hurt at all. At all. <laughs> so it's worth a try. We're not going to promise you. we not any guaranteeing
0: problems. anything, but we're recommending you try. That
1: is the, that is the ECU e. Pirate Podcast guarantee that Power we're not guaranteeing anything. anything.
0: <laughs> but, hey, it's that worth, that is, a is, worth a it shot. Is, it never it hurts, so. hurts to ask.
1: UBE, they've got it all. A lot of stuff on clearance right now as well. They keep adding more stuff every day. Whatever you need, name it, Scott. Name something you might need.
0: You might need a Columbia show. They got it. Bam. What else you might um, do? Sweatpants. Got it. Got it. Uh, hey man. Hey man. It might rain and I'm tailgating. tailgating. You do you I, think I? Um, ponchos, I um, ponchos, umbrellas, umbrellas um, tents. They got it. They got, they got it. it. They got it. 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 UBE is the place everything. to go. Everything. We shop, we shop there, there. So, should so should you. Religiously. UBE. UBE. They, have they, they have books too.
1: Talked about USF earlier as far as some of the stats, the summary of their year so far. Let's talk about ECU. See What they've done thus far, it looks like through two games, ECU's averaging 32 points per game. Not bad, offense is doing a pretty good job, giving up 23 and a half points to opponents. A lot better than last
0: year, man. Night and day, night and day through last, or you know, compared to last year, a lot of improvement. And uh, what we got 78, it's a balanced uh, offensive tack, 78 rushing attempts, 99 passing attempts, which is. Pretty big considering the first week there was 66, I think,
1: passes it was. And now it's only up to 99 through two games. So they've tried to balance it out quite a bit if it's that little of a difference between them.
0: We talked about Cronkite kind of padding his stats last week with all the rushing attempts. You got to take into mind for our two games, we had the opposite of that against a So we, uh, I don't know, padded unpadded.
1: So you can look at it and see it's balanced. But then if you really look at the game's total – you know, for each their own, or each on their own, you'd see that, well, it might not be as balanced as you think it was through those games. But it's kind of like what Tony Peterson said, the offensive coordinator, it really depends on what the other teams are giving them. So, throughout the year it's pretty balanced, but from game to game it may change. You never know. And
0: I I think A&T is going to prove to be the outlier for the rest of the season. uh, Kind of negative.
1: I sure hope so. Uh, Because (laughs) myself, I'm (laughs) – that's for I can't sure. can't take a whole lot of those games. Yeah, 66 passes. Any, <laughs> any team that does that, unless you're the NFL or something, you yeah, don't have man. a run game, you're going to be struggling. Um, right. Let's preview the offense versus USF. All
0: right, well, so far in the year, Reed Herring has 599 total yards, so we'll just round it up to 600. I um, mean, he's got three TDs and two interceptions through two games. And again, he. Uh, unpadded his stats on that first game with two hit picks.
1: Don't forget those two, yeah, two interceptions are in the first game. So, the second game, he didn't have any turnovers.
0: First game of his uh, playing in his college, collegiate career. Um, so, we have Anthony Scott. He has 107 yards with one touchdown. Yeah, he
1: leads the team in rushing right now, and it's a pretty big drop-off in terms of yards, but not necessarily carries. Yeah.
0: Um, Holt Naylor, he leads the team in rushing TDs with two Um Guys, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, when Tim Tebow and was it Chris, Chris, Rivers, Leak. Chris, Leak, Chris Leak. Leak were in Florida. They kind of got that same type of uh, attack here this year for ECU.
1: It's like a goal line, wildcat type thing that they do with him. They bring him in at random times. I kind of like it. I think it's, it's different. It's something that teams have to prepare for. And uh, they've used it a lot in that second game. We didn't see it at all in the first game. They've been doing it quite
0: a bit with him now. You know, Peterson, and he's – he knows more about football than I could, uh, or he could. He'll forget more about football than I'll ever know. But man, if I was him, every time I put him at QB and I put uh, Darius Penix at a uh, running back on the goal line, and it'll make him look like a genius. Now that's a that's a one-two punch right there.
1: And Ayers is a stout kid. The guy's got some size yeah. to him compared to Reed Herring. He's kind of built for that wildcat thing, running up the middle. Uh, he looks pretty good when he runs it, and, and the guy can throw fairly decently too. So. There's still that part about, well, give up the cap, but it still might throw
0: the ball. Ah, for the year anyway, I think. Yeah, and, and like you said, it doesn't limit the passing options. He can still pass.
1: And he's got good guys to throw it to because if you look at the wide receivers throughout the game so far, two of them stand out to me. Obviously, Trayvon Brown, he leads the team in receptions with 11 and in – total yards catching with 147 he's also got one touchdown but right on his heels it's kind of a surprise a lot of people didn't really throw this name out a guy that i think is probably going to have a pretty big year deandre Ferrier, 10 catches 109 yards and one touchdown as well he's kind of been that guy over the middle that uh really does a lot of the dirty work i guess you could call it
0: indeed indeed and you know this uh we spread it out we spread it out What well, we got a Blake Prohl and, and Terrell Green, they all what Blake has twelve catches and Terrell has ten. So, I mean, we spread it out. Everybody gets uh gets their share of touches.
1: That's probably a good thing though, if you oh, have geez. to key in on one exact wide receiver like they're trying to do you know, with Brown, it opens up those other guys as we've seen with Blake Prol catching touchdowns, DeAndre Fair catching a lot of stuff. Green's also been in the yeah. mix. There's a lot of guys that they can use at that wide receiver position. And ECU's always been pretty good at the wide receiver position. You look back, Justin Hardy, Zay Jones a few years ago. Now you've got Brown and these other guys that, that are doing pretty well. About Harris what, of course Dwayne Harris, That's you know, about Dwayne Harris. So the talent is there. Um and it looks like Reed Heron's Getting the ball to him, he's spreading around pretty good to each individual and, person. And
0: he's improved. I mean, just between the first and the second game, improved a whole lot. And I, I'm I'm expecting to see uh, even more growth this last game or this next game.
1: So the offense is set up. That's the uh, kind of the look back, I guess we'd call it, on the year for the offense. Let's look back on the year so far for the defense.
0: Well, we got a uh, Devondre Robinson. He's a sophomore. He leads the team with 14 tackles. We have a uh, Devon Sutton with 14 as well. Our guy Nate Harvey has 13 tackles with a five and a half for a t- tackle for a loss and a forced fumble.
1: Yeah, we thought he was going to be pretty good this year. He seems to be the guy on on defense. All three of those guys doing it up front, really getting a lot of a lot of work uh, each and every week. Then you look at the secondary guys that lead the way in it. Corey Sargent, guy we had on the crow's nest last week to watch out for. He leads the secondary with three pass breakups and seven tackles. Michael Witherspoon's another one. He got 12 tackles, only two breakups for him, and uh, another guy that isn't in the stat book yet, but I think he's going to make a big splash this year. I know we're looking back on the year, but this is the first time he's really been able to play. Is Tim Irvin Jr. He's back, hasn't suited up. He has a lot of depth and experience to this, a lot of speed. They talk about how fast he is at closing in on receivers, or closing in on the ball, or even just breaking up the ball. So. You got all these guys that we've mentioned so far, but there's some new names to throw in the mix as
0: well. That's right. Hey, and let's uh let's kind of look at the the game overall for next week, and, or for this uh, this Saturday. I'm sorry. And uh, one thing that sticks out to me in a bad way is that we have zero forced turnovers, we have zero interceptions, and no fumbles recovered. Now we uh, we forced a fumble, or we forced one against A and T. I can't recall. Did we force one against Carolina too? Yeah, but I don't think it was recovered. I don't even we think didn't, they, we haven't recovered it. I don't even think they called it a forced fumble the way it was, or something yeah. really happened odd with that play. I remember what you're talking about. But the, so the question is: is we got to start, or who's going to be the first one to, to force a turnover and for us to get it back? We got to get on the board with that. Defense has really been good, but oh, they've done, they've done a lot better. That's right.
1: But you look back and you're like, how have they not had interceptions or fumbles?
0: Well, I think uh, UNC they didn't trust that quarterback to throw it. At all, they you must know, have they, listened
1: to the podcast and they heard did. that we were ready for them to throw the ball and they didn't do it.
0: Well, don't listen this time, coach. For yeah, USF, USF.
1: don't listen in if you're listening. <laughs> turn, turn it, it off. off,
0: turn it off. Y'all are going to win. Don't subscribe, worry. but turn win. it off. Yeah, yeah, subscribe. <laughs> I think a big thing and, and add a comment too, coach. Thanks.
1: Yeah, review us really well. Five stars. <laughs> um, I think another thing that they need to look out for the defense is like we talked about and like coach. Blackwater talked about as well. Blackwell. Blackwell. Blackwater's <laughs> defense. Blackwell's Blackwater, Blackwell's
0: Blackwell's Blackwater, Blackwater defense. Blackwell's Blackwell. You heard it here first. We're coining it. We're coining it. Hey,
1: put a trademark hey, on And when you thing.
0: mess up, you might as well roll with it and trademark it. That's exactly David. right.
1: Trademark it. TM beside it. Um, they got to stop the run first. Obviously, Illinois didn't run it very well. Um, they've got to stop it as well against uh, USF. They didn't have a whole ton of rushing yards in their first two games. Only that third one that they really step it up and get a whole bunch of running yards. So like he talked about, if you can stop and make the team one-dimensional, you stop the run first, you're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and then you can disrupt him, whether it's hitting him, whether it's just hurrying him, uh, throwing him off his game, maybe making him do checkdowns and things like that. When he doesn't have a lot of time to pass, he can't throw it down as deep. He's got 400 yards in his last game throwing, so you can limit a lot of that just by getting pressure on him up front, but it has to – Come from stopping the run because if you can't stop the run, other things open up and then you got a whole headache.
0: Well, you know that's what uh Blackwell's Blackwater defense. Trademark. That's what they do. Trademark, trademark. trademark. You're welcome. Um, hey guys, and we got to quit giving up that big play on third down. We, we got to make sure we don't do that. But I'm um, speaking about ECU's defense and their improvement. You ain't gonna believe this. What were we last year? One thirty out of one thirty. One thirty out of one thirty. Oof. So far now, it's only been two games for us, but we are 46th overall in defense. Not
1: yeah. bad. I'd say that's –
0: The proof is in the pudding. Tremendous. Right tremendous
1: improvement from last year. And hopefully that number better. just keeps getting lower and lower as far as what
0: rank they are. I think it will. Well, I mean, listen. Blackwell's Blackwater defense – trademark, Much improved. It now. And it's only going to get better the more time he has to coach and kind of help recruit and get his players in there. I mean – That's the ECU alum doing great things with the defense.
1: And there's still some young guys and guys still inexperienced and everything on the defense that are still learning. They're still going through the process. They've only got two games under the belt, like you said. Um, Same thing goes for the offense. Speaking of the offense, we'll move on to that side of the ball. Um, The key for me for this game is the offense has to run the ball well. That balance attack we've talked about all year. And uh, keep looking downfield. If the offense can run the ball well – I think it'll help out a lot because it'll slow down USF. Uh, ECU doesn't want to do a whole fast, hurry-up offense kind of thing. They want to limit touches uh, for them as well as USF and take care of the ball. That's a big thing um, from the Russian side of it. Can't put balls on the ground if we're not forcing any fumbles or interceptions can, or anything. Can't like. You can't, it can't over give
0: ourselves. them up, right? Um, you know, Reed Herring. You know, he did a good job of that against UNC. To his credit, of not throwing any uh any picks. Now he threw some up to Trayvon Brown, but you know that's a if that were to be a pick, that's an understandable pick because you got to let your player play.
1: Yeah, you got to do that. You got to throw the ball down. You got to take chances every you now and take then. Chances. And if you're going to take
0: a chance, Trayvon why not? Brown. Why
1: not Trayvon Brown? You want a first guy? down? You want a
0: touchdown? Throw it to, throw Trayvon, it to Brown. Trayvon Brown.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Um, and uh, along with our running backs, um. You know, I think Kristen Trace after that uh, fumble was it on the two, on the one? Yeah, it
1: was right. And he's he seemed to slip down in the coach's in the mind a little chart, bit. And yeah. rightfully so. I mean, he's a young guy. He's um,
0: a freshman. He's, gonna he's get got better. time he's to gonna learn. He's going to get better. We ain't seen the last of him. And you've but. got a
1: guy like you know Anthony Scott, that's a senior, and Hussein Howe, who have that's right. been vocal leaders and everything like that.
0: Get those guys the ball. We got to take care of the ball. And I, I think we will. I think we will.
1: Uh, so the, the offense, I think, what we're looking for for them is. That balanced balance. attack. Yeah, that's that's probably the word that we're going for for, for this it. week. But like you said, we still have to take a few shots every now and then with Reed Herring. Um, and I think he's greatly improved over two games. It'd be really interesting to see the maturity that he's made in this third game. I think the benefit for him big time is being down there a week and a half and not having to go through an away game for well the first rested. time in you know, two days, just yeah. two days practice or whatever at the facility. He's well rested, like you say, and healthy.
0: And healthy, and healthy. Um, Hey, man, who uh, – so we, let's talk about our offense while we're kind of on the running game on Anthony Scott in particular. But uh, who you got in your crow's nest? My crow's nest for this week, the guy that
1: is looking out for the rest of the ship, I'm going Anthony Scott. I'm going running back, senior running back, Anthony Scott. He leads the team in yards. Uh, he leads in attempts. He's a senior. He's a big guy. Wants he wants it. He, he wants it. He knows his role, and he wants to be that guy. I, right. I'm, I'm putting him in the crow's nest, no doubt about it. I think he might not have an incredible game as far as stats go, but I think it's the little things that he's going to do, those hard yards, the yards after contact type deal. He's the guy that I look for to lead this team as a senior in their first away game and really kind of say, okay,
0: put it, put it on my back, I'll, I'll roll with it. I, I can, can see, see that. And, uh, you know, we when we're clicking, we have such a balanced attack of you can see – it being Trayvon, you can see it being um, Anthony Scott. You can see it being Pro. You can see it being Hussein Howe Even I mean, Hussein, he's a good you running can see back. It being
1: even Pinnickful you guys. know, down at the down at the goal line, it could be him as well.
0: So I I I don't uh, I'm going to jump on John's prediction with Anthony Scott just because he wants it so bad. What what did he say when he uh, when you interviewed him? How how many yards was his goal? Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred
1: yards on the on the I season. Hate.
0: Brother, and if you're going to dream, dream big. If you're going to shoot for a goal, shoot big. I love it. I'm with it. Wise Anthony man. Scott.
1: Wise man once said, shoot for the moon, and if you la-
0: miss, you'll land among the stars. That, that was.
1: So, I don't know who said I think it was Wayne Gretzky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky said you missed a uh, 100% Some of the shots you don't, shots don't take. Never mind. I think that was in our eighth grade reading book. Um, Could have been. Could have been. It was like Izzy Willy Nilly or something. I, I don't know, guys. Could have been. We now, really uh, loved eighth grade reading uh,
1: we had the crow's nest for offense. Mixing it up. We got a new term, what we're calling, for the defense. Scott, who do you think will make USF walk the plank? Oh,
0: that was good. I was hoping you were going to say it like yeah, that. Yeah, it's taught like a pirate. I got to throw it in. You, you got to throw it in there. um, Guys, <laughs> listen, he's uh, coming back. And, I mean, he got hurt against UNC. But while he was in there, he was all over the place, making plays left and right. Colby Gore. I'm expecting the team to rally around him coming back from that injury and just having a heck of a game as well and maybe even getting us a turnover for us. I'm expecting a big, big game from Kobe Gore. I'm right there with you. I
1: think the team really wants him to do well and come back. Well, I know he wants to. Obviously, he's got a point to prove. So, Kobe Gore, and uh, I'm looking for Nate Harvey. I think he's going to have a big game too. But I'm sticking with your call putting – Kobe Gore going to make USF walk the plank this weekend. Uh, it is, like I said, Talk Like a Pirate Day.
0: So if you hear this and you get a chance, talk like a pirate. And, and if you know anybody, that's the walk the plank. Do, do it again. I'm sorry. Walk the plank. That segment right there has got to be sponsored. Somebody come on and sponsor that one right there. All right, guys. We talked about Vegas putting us down as a 22 point underdogs. Uh, John, what's your prediction?
1: I think it's going to be a lot tighter
0: than what they think. I mean, 22 points, is that's
1: a tough line even in college. Um, I don't see what USF has to offer other than maybe throwing the ball a bunch or getting a bunch of yards to be a 22-point favorite. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Ridiculous.
0: Take the under. I was
1: quite off on the UNC score as far as how close it was, thank God. Uh, Surprise me like that every week, and I'll be happy.
0: That's right.
1: I'm going to go with it again. ECU's averaging, you know, somewhere around that 30 mark. I'm going to say 28-24. ECU takes it.
0: All right, all right. Ah, Man, you kind of spoiled my hot take a little (laughs) bit. Um, (laughs) Man, again, same vein. No way. USF is 22 points better. That's an outrageous line. Take advantage of it while you can. Um, But, man, we're we're rested. We've been down there since Wednesday. We didn't have a game this weekend. We've been down there working hard. Coming off a win. Coming off a win. So our confidence is up. Um, Coach Peterson is one of the best at scripting that first kind of series, that first drive, ten plays or so. What, we kicked a field goal against the A&T, dropped seven on UNC. I I think we're going to come out hot. I think we're going to come out scoring. I got it at a 34-31. Pirates are.
1: I think that's a good 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 idea, good prediction. I look for the fourth quarter to be the big time when a lot of the, you know, deciding plays are made. Illinois versus USF was leading all up into the third quarter, and then USF scored 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to put them ahead, and they had the ball in hand, or had the game in hand. They just, you know, lost it right there in the last bit so ecu has to push through no quarter needs to be the motto and mission for this
0: week that's right that's right and uh listen guys that's it for the the podcast this week thank you again to everybody please tell your friends tell a family member tell anybody subscribe to us ecu pirate podcast that's on the apple app Um, Or the Apple Podcast app, I'm sorry. On Facebook, please go and uh, like our page, ECU Pirate Podcast. On Twitter, it's Pirate Podcast. And uh, guys, until next time, paint it purple, Pirate Nation.
1: I got one for you before we go. A pirate joke, since it is Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh my
0: goodness, I'm ready for it. Scott,
1: what do you think is a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet?
0: R. You
1: think it's the R, but it's really the C! All right, we're out of here on that. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>